0: what God? yeah, yeah, you just, it's so easy to speak things, ah, well, turn to your neighbor real quick, uh, and look at them, and say, uh, Merry Christmas, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas, we had a, um, JP, Pastor JP, just walk down the aisle, and Merry Christmas, everybody, as you're walking in, just Merry Christmas, everyone um We had a great um Christmas Eve service last night, candlelight service, and um, we had a great crowd here for that, and this is a great crowd for Christmas day and if you those of you that are like here every week, uh, you will already notice that we're we're not following the full schedule that we normally do. We kind of cut the song short um, and and um different things that we're doing uh, just try to uh, not let this be intrusive today on on your family but the fact that you are here shows your desire and your commitment to Christ I know there are a lot of churches that that cancel their service day and we really batted that around but just somewhere deep in our heart we thought to ourselves it's kinda hard to cancel church on Jesus on Christmas so you're just what do you do? So that, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And so very thankful you're here. Some of you are here with your family, and we just want to welcome all of our guests. If this is your first time today, um, we welcome you to our uh, Christmas uh, weekend and our Christmas service. Uh, I started a-, a message last week. It's not, um, not going to be lost on you if you weren't here last week. Um, talking about unto us. And this very powerful verse from Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born. And I made this comment that usually I read from the NIV translation. The NIV translation simply says, to us. And, and that's a correct translation. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that word. The, the King James language is a little more um, colorful. And so in the King James translation, uh, you have this unto which, to me, emphasizes the fact that God did something unto us, He brought something he He gave something it's 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 more than just two, but there's this there's this colorful emphasis in the King James versions of the bible that that continue to emphasize that unto thing like something was done unto and i I know that's it's kind of lost on us in in our modern way of speaking. we probably don't use the word unto um, in, this, in this context very often or, or even at all We just say to Just like the NIV translation says It just said well he, he too But man I just love this idea And this colorful language of, of unto That in my mind In my mind it, It's this it, it's, it's God bringing it God bringing it Unto and and delivering this amazing amazing gift to the human race which is his son which again in a lot of in a lot of people's lives is almost unfathomable it's, you, know, you, you think about what God did and that he he gave his son knowing knowing the the end knowing the end result that God loved us that much John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave, his only, he gave his only begotten son. That Jesus Christ was given to us in this moment of divine, miraculous intervention. And that word intervention, I keyed on that a lot last week. But let me just, let me just say again today for, for, for those of you that weren't here last week. To me, the word intervention, when I typed it in my notes, was almost, almost surprising. It's like I'm, I'm studying, I'm putting my thoughts together, and I start typing, and I type really weird, literally. I'm the fastest chicken peck typer you have ever seen in your life. It, it, and Raylene, I drive her nuts. She hates to sit by me. When we were going through the Masters uh, of Divinity at ORU, getting our master's degree, and, and we would always sit next to each other. And you know, all and, and, and Brandon Cormier, our good friend, would sit on the other side, and I would usually be like perched in the middle, and, and, and they're going... You know how people normally type, okay? Well, I didn't take any kind of typing in school. They didn't force us to do it back in the day. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and so, uh, you know, they're typing normal like this and I'm going, (laughs) it is the fastest one finger typing you will ever see in your life. And, and and you know I get like sixty words a minute I think with two fingers or so you know it's just, it's just I don't know how I do it but it hurts my elbows and um, you know I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking that's well I mean think about it for a second and, and you know and, but but I but I accomplish great things with this like I write papers and, and type sermons and and I, I'm sitting in the chair there and the computer is there the the laptop and I and I. And I, one finger chicken peck punched the word intervention. And I mean it literally in inside of my inside of my heart. In my it literally I stopped chicken pecking. I, I stopped typing when I typed that word intervention. Like I wasn't even expecting it. it, it, it you know, it was just it just came that 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 God intervened on our behalf. That this whole thing about Christmas and this whole celebration about the baby in the manger, that it didn't start in that manger, that God, that God views this thing even from the beginning, that man fell, man was separated from God, and that God set a plan in motion even from the beginning. God set a plan in motion to intervene and, and to say, you know, enough is enough. Interventions. Not always pleasant. Matter of fact, most of the time unpleasant for everyone involved. This catastrophic moment where those who can help step into the lives of those who are helpless. And say, we are going to exercise power over this situation. And that is exactly, that is exactly what God did. And in this catastrophic moment that he sent his son into this world. Not, not to build a religion. Not to form a social club. I mean, it became Religious. Which is not altogether bad. I mean, some people think of the word religion and they, they disdain that word. But when you really look at the compound from, from the Latin that these words come from. The compound of religion is re, which means to do something again. Religion, the backside of that word, comes from the same root that we get the word ligament. It means connection, and so literally religion means reconnection. And who are we supposed to be connecting with? I I believe that we're supposed to first love God, we're supposed to connect with God, but then we connect with others, I believe that as a part of of this Christian faith, we're not only to love God but we are to connect with others but then even beyond that we are to serve with excellence and that that this connection that God brings isn't just about us getting together and have a family reunion. It's about us getting together and accomplishing something that can only be accomplished because of this divine intervention that people's lives are changed. People's lives are better and that, that we find a way to to really reconnect with God and with people. That this that this whole dynamic of the heavenly and the earthly, this whole dynamic would, would come together in this fantastic, this fantastic relational dynamic that was meant to be by God from the very beginning, that was very broken. I mean, there's a lot of concern right now about the disconnect of people in our nation. A lot of animosity and, and, and people are doing stuff that, that, you know, it's kind of different. It's probably not altogether different. It's hitting the news probably more now. But, but you can see this disconnection among people, this severing of people. You can, and, and you know what? Listen, when people are against people, it's never good. Think about that for a second. When people are against people, it it always ends in separation and destruction, which is exactly what God came and intervened on, that this separation that took place in the garden led to not only this tremendous disconnect between man and God, but it, it led to this tremendous disconnect between man to man, I mean, exampled by Cain and Abel, that 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 Cain would kill his own brother. Just literally, I mean, you, I don't know the timeline, but just a short period of time after, relatively speaking, a short period of time after Adam and Eve had been. Thrown from the garden by God. Here they have this murder take place in their family of all things. But it is an indicative thing of why God came to intervene. Because there was this tremendous disconnect between God and and, and people. And there was this tremendous disconnect between people and people. When people are against people, it always leads to some kind of destruction. Destruction leads to some type you know families when families become disjointed think about it for a second when when people start drawing lines in the sand it's a sad thing god never intended for us to be separated from relationship with him and god never intended for us to be separated from relationship with each other and yet those are the two things that we constantly battle as a result of this fallen Thing that took place at the garden, and and huh, I mean, that's so you know, I mean, think about it for a second. Jesus, talking about love, said that among you, my disciples, the, the clear mark of being a disciple is that you have what love one for another. He didn't say that you had some great religious experience or that you built some great, um, you know, edifice of a church. So that's not gonna mark you as a Christian. It's not gonna mark you as a Christian that you carry a family Bible under your arm to Walmart. It's not gonna mark that. That's not the thing that people, people aren't gonna be able to say, well, that that right there is a follower of Christ because of, of you know, you stand outside of a, a Billy Joel concert and tell everybody that's going in there that they're going to hell? Yes, I went to Billy Joel, and yes, I was told I was going to hell. I haven't been there yet, Jim. <laughs> to hell? Yeah, you have. <laughs> anyway, oh, that's a that. Yeah, that's a place in the Bahamas, right? So anyway, where where yeah, Grand Cayman. Well, but but think about it for a second. That that. That's that's not what, you know, buy a megaphone and stand outside and tell people that are going inside that whatever. Boy, it just got quiet on Christmas morning. Hallelujah. But you know, think about that for a second. He said that the thing's gonna mark you, the thing that's gonna mark you is restored relationship. That in the midst of great adversity, in the midst of great persecution, in the midst where you are even at the point of giving your own life, you're still gonna stick together. That's gonna that's gonna show the world who you are. That's gonna show the world who you are following. That you have love one to another. Yeah. That's a that's a big difference in the picture of even a lot of church environments today where political agendas and big eyes and little U's and who gets the golden microphone. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, prince of peace that God came into this world to give us things through his son that we we can't get on our own. That this this wonderful counselor. And that's why I love what I said last week. I hope I those of you that were here, if you weren't here, you could listen to it on iTunes and Stitcher, but 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 this idea that man everything God brought is wonderful. And that he gave us the helper, the, the power of the Holy Spirit and that the power of the mighty God is at work in our lives. And there's a connection now back to the everlasting Father who has come to take us home. And then ultimately, while we're on our way home, we get the Prince of Peace. We walk in his peace. <laughs> what what an idea. But I think it's important that before all those other things, it says, and the government will be upon his shoulder. This is language that may be difficult for us to, to grasp. And so... Let me explain just real quick. Shoulder, it's, a, it's a, a metaphor, a typology of the place of burden, the place of burden. So if you think for yourself, um, we had a, a guy yesterday at the house in, installing a, a, a piece of equipment there for uh, Dish Network, at and You know what that's all about. And, and um, I just um, was going to our trash can to throw trash away and noticed as he was walking by. And he was carrying a bag of concrete. Anybody ever carried a bag of concrete? Say amen. You know, I hate carrying a bag. Of, I hate carrying things. Anyway, but anyway. You know, some of you, were, some of you were built for that. You know what I'm saying? And You know where he. I, okay, it's Christmas, so I'm going to do weird things today. John Bergson, where was he carrying that bag of concrete at? On his shoulder. You win. Buy that man a cup of coffee, he wins. On his shoulder, I, I look out and he's got this bag of concrete on his shoulder. And he's, he was a pretty big fellow, so he was carrying it with pretty much ease. But even a guy like me who just doesn't, that's exactly where I would have carried it or I would have never gotten it there. You know, I mean, how many of you ever try to carry something really heavy right here? It's hard. To carry something heavy just out here. Now, it's not hard for McCall over here, but it's most human beings. <laughs> most of the time you you're gonna pitch that thing on the shoulder, so you have to think in those terms that, that this that this word shoulder, when you look into that original language, it's literally speaking of the place of burden, the place of of burden, the place where you put the, the heaviest thing. And this says that the government is going to be placed upon the shoulders of Christ. That's really good news for us because Christ is carrying the weight of this whole thing. Oh, that's, I mean, when you pastor, this is a very hard lesson. Because as a pastor, you have a tendency to think that the whole ball of wax is on your shoulders. Well, you gotta juggle the people and you gotta help them with their problems and you gotta make sure services are good and you gotta make sure all of these things are done and all this administration and then sermons and, and a lot of times it's very it's very difficult to remember man, this whole thing's on the shoulders of Christ. That I mean at best, at best, I'm probably doing what I do best. Just try to clean up. Christ coming in and does the work, and I sweep the floor, right? At best, we're his, his helper. <laughs> I used to do construction with my brother in law, and that, he figured that one out real quick. I was, yeah, anyway. I wasn't a very big guy. On Christ's shoulder, that He's carrying the burden of this, that the the whole responsibility of the church and of the ministry and even of my life and your life. The whole the whole responsibility. Hey, are you a follower of Christ? Did you declare Jesus Christ is Lord? Well, I mean, if you didn't, you're gonna have an opportunity today because there's no other way to be saved. What does that mean to declare lordship? That means he is ruler. That means he is owner. That means he is in charge. And when you declare him lord of your life, that means you're turning the responsibility of your life over to him. For it to be carried on his shoulders. Not on your shoulders anymore, but on his shoulders. And and listen, that's extreme hope giving if you really think about it for a second. There's a lot of hope found in that. If you can wrap your understanding that if you'll trust him, his shoulders are big enough to carry you. Oh, but pastor, you don't know how dire my circumstances. His shoulders are wide enough, strong enough. <laughs> huh. So we don't have to... I mean, that, this is a difficult lesson. I'm telling you it's a difficult lesson. I... I'm one of those, I, can I just be painfully honest? It's the only way I know how to preach. It's the only way I know how to pastor. The only way I know how to live. Painfully honest. And here is painfully honest. I have a real problem with putting things on the altar or at the feet of Jesus. And then after I get through praying, picking it back up and carrying it home. <laughs> Lord, I give you that circumstance. And then I find myself worrying about that circumstance ten minutes later. Lord... It's in your hands! And then um, taking it back out of his hands and trying to fix it. Trying to... I mean, it's good to be an incessant tinkerer in some places. An incessant tinkerer. You know, we do that in ministry here where we're just constantly tinkering. Like, well, I don't understand why they had to change that. Because we just tinker with it. We, We don't like anything to stay the same for very long because... I don't know why. It just we tinker with it because we always think it's, it could be better than that, you know? It can be better than that. We, we can do ministry better. We can, we can paint a wall and that color will look better. It just, it'll just look better. And people come in and go, well, they're tinkering again. I can success and tinker with our lives. And, and, and the Word of God says that he put the government on, on his shoulder when you turn your life over to Him, there's a tremendous relief that comes when you just say it's in God's hands. I'm, saying I'm, not, I'm not sitting here saying I've mastered this. I will be the first one in the room to admit I already have publicly. I am the only one in this room that has admitted it publicly. Yeah. Yeah that I have a tendency to want to stay in control, even in the things that I have supposedly turned over to God. It says the government. The government, it's on his shoulders. This word, government, You think of it in terms of government. It's not elusive. It's the, the place of dominion. It's the place of power. It's the place of authority. It says here that the government... Will be upon his shoulder, the government primarily would be speaking of the kingdom of God that is that is active even now in our lives the government I think this is, this is important and, and, and I think it's important to say I think it's important to say especially to a group of people that have come to church on East, on, on christmas on Christmas Day. Okay? Too many people try to carry kingdom responsibilities on their own. And, and there are many churches that promote these ideas and it kind of leads to this idea of legalistic works in our lives. You think, well man, if I just do this, if I do this, and there's so much doing that ultimately just relies on how much strength you've got to do that, how much ability do you have, But I believe with all of my heart that when we rely on the strength that comes from Christ, which is, which is in an area of complete submission, that we just say, okay, I'm just going to rely on Christ and, and pray for the fruit of the Spirit to be born in my life, that the Holy Spirit is working in my life. See, I discovered something a long time ago. There's a lot of stuff I can't control in my own flesh. I mean, some of you, some of you might... You may not get this but man there was many years of my life that I was so filled with anim- with with anxiety so filled with anxiety I mean all the way back even into my even into my childhood so filled I don't know why I just some people are born with I guess an anxious weakness and and, and it, it, being anxious would 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 create short fused temper I'm never violent or anything like that, but just feel like this is they have this anger issue that, through the help of godly counsel and working through the process of how do I mature in that area is very important when I begin to understand the peace of God. Understanding this idea of having what one professor at Oral Roberts University, matter of fact my very, my, Raylene and I, very first class in the master's degree program, they had a guest lecture, a guest professor come in, his name was Bill Hull and he, he, he wrote books about spiritual disciplines and he, he keyed so much on this, on this idea of a satisfied soul, that you just don't live your life all all in knots, and he you, he started looking at the spiritual disciplines about the discipline of silence, the discipline of of the studying the Word of God, and kind of looking at those things in a different way and it really helped me a lot in my personal life to just kind of calm down a little. you know what i 'm saying? I mean you still get mad, but it don 't have to go volcanic. you know what i'm saying you you still get mad, but it doesn 't have to peak out somewhere in some high velocity dear God in heaven what was that just began to learn to rely on on Christ to help me with those burdens that created so much anxiety I am so thankful to say that it it has been literally decades I mean it's been years since I've since I've had to fight that in my life probably 10-12 years why because i started to learn that it's not i can't conquer this on my own i need to institute some things in my life that puts the government the government of christ on top of this situation and relying on the strength of god philippians 4:12 says for i know what it is to be in need and i know what it is to have plenty i have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, listen to this verse, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I know a lot of times I was raised in a, in a you know, I used to think about this. Like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And you always think about heal the sick, raise the dead, all these positive things. Paul is saying here that I can even withstand the negative things. This isn't just about me being a, being a, a great hero standing on, on the top of the mountain with the, gold, with the gold medal around my neck. This is about those times that I was turning the corner in my race and I fell flat on my face and there would be no medal at all. This is, this is about those times in my life where, where my need was greater than my supply isn't is about those times in my life where things weren't going my way. He said, I've learned to be content. In other words, I'm, I'm not anxious. I've learned to not be anxious. I've learned to be content. Why? Because the government is on his shoulders. The government is on his shoulders. This is, this is his area of responsibility. Why? Because I have declared him to be what? Lord of my life. I have given him dominion, and he's the one who has no dominion. And so if he's in charge, I'm going to be all right. And Paul said, I've learned to be content, whether hungry or welfare. Whether I have plenty or whether I, well, and whether I don't exactly have plenty, I find myself in one. I have learned the secret that I can do all of this, not on my own strength, not on my own ability, not on my own power. The government is on his shoulder." And I have learned to do all of this through the strength that only comes from Christ. You know, the lesson I'm still learning is that if I'll trust Him, it's going to be all right. Then there was some, there was, there've been. Look back, look back just for a second. Let me look back, and then maybe you look back, okay? But but let me just look back in my life. I can look back on situations that used to wake me up in the middle of the night with 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 heavy chest and sweat, and I was just so worried about that. I was so worried, like like everything was going to come to an end. And man, if I really think about it, I can start naming situations that I thought that were going to be the undoing. And I don't even worry about them now. They've just ended up being solved. (laughs) They just ended up being solved. God ended up working it out. And situations, situations that kept me up at night 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 1 year ago. I don't even think about it. Why, because the government 's on his shoulders, and God has a way of working out now, the hope for that is is you know what there's situations going on right now that if I would allow them, they would keep me up at night. every one of us have those don 't we? you have concerns you have you have stressors in your life, you worry about how is this is all going to work out, and, and you you're, you bounce off. every one of us i don 't believe there's 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 just not Okay, let me say it like this. There may be somebody, but I don't know anybody in my life that I know enough about their circumstance. I don't know anybody in my life that doesn't have any stressors, that, that you know everything is just exactly perfect. I mean, if it's not finances, it's health. If it's not health, it's relationships. If it's not relationships, it's back to finances. It's just, you know, people have stressors. That's just the way life is. But the reality of that is is that if you have declared Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, he is also the Lord of the kingdom. The kingdom is his government. The government's on his shoulders. He's carrying the weight of the whole thing. If you'll trust him, the thing that's keeping you up at night is going to be resolved by him. And a year from now, you won't even be thinking about it. A year from now, it'll, it'll just be over. It'll just be over. Think of it. That, that should give you hope. You know? That should give you hope. It should should at least help you say, you know what, this is a good one for me. If God did that for me five years ago, three years ago, ten years ago, if God did that for me, then he surely will take care of me now because God did not bring me this far to let me down. Hallelujah. And the government's on his shoulders. I close with this. You may stand, please. The 7th verse, check this out. The 7th verse, we've been reading Isaiah 9 and 6. But the 7th verse says, Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing it, upholding it. But check that out. It says, of, of the government and peace, it goes on to say, With justice, righteousness, time, 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 forever. Forever! The thing I want you to notice is that Y'all ready for this? Jesus is not going out of business. <laughs> He's not going out of business. It, it, it's gonna be there tomorrow, too, because there's no end. The government's not gonna end. <laughs> there's not gonna be, there's not gonna be an election. There's no election. There's no election that's gonna take Jesus off the throne. There's no term limit. Come on, somebody. There's no term limit on him. Matter of fact, matter of fact this verse, Jesus said, Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came, to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's given to me. And listen, it can't be taken away. So the hope for you in this life and in this world, listen to me closely, is what he did for you 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 3 years ago, one year, what he did for you then, nothing has changed. He can do for you now. And even greater, even greater things. That's our hope. Oh, praise God in heaven. Because there are people in this room right now that say, man, there's some stuff I need to get on Jesus' shoulders. I've been carrying it way too long. You've carried stuff all the way through 2016. Can I just say... Let's just don't care in 2017. Just give it to him, man. Just turn it to him. Say, okay, I'm just going to give that to the Lord. I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to find some scriptures that help me keep it in him. And every time I think about it, I'm just going to pray about it. God, I've turned that over to you. I'm believing you're going to take care of it. God, I've turned that over to you. I believe you're going to take care of it. And you just keep it on his shoulders. Keep it on his shoulders. He loves you that much to take care of it. In Jesus' name, would you bow your hands with it for a moment? If you're here today and you need to, you need to make a rededication to the Lord. We're going to pray with you. I'm not going to call you forward, not going to embarrass you. But, it, but if you if you say, you know what, Pastor, on Christmas Day, I want to rededicate my life or maybe dedicate my life for the first time to the Lord. I want to declare Him Lord, and I want Him to save me and to take care of my circumstance. Would you just slip a hand up in the air because that will be, thank you so much. That will just be a sign. I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise. That will be a good sign right now. All right. So this is what I want to do. I want everybody to pray with me as to not embarrass those that just raised their hand. And I want us to help them pray a prayer that will will be a fresh start, okay? A fresh start is what we're aiming for right now. This is not the end. This is the beginning. This is the place where I'm going to reset the meter with Jesus right now. Would you pray with me? Say, Father, I thank you that you raised Christ from the dead. And I am declaring with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Right now, I believe that the government is on His shoulder. And I turn my life, my heart, my everything over to Him. I want to be reconnected with God and with people. And I thank you for saving me and helping me. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say amen to that. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, right now in Jesus' name I pray over every individual in the sound of my voice that whatever they may be facing in their life, that you would bring hope and peace and joy to them. I pray in the name of Jesus that their hearts would be lifted, that their lives would be fixed. I pray in Jesus' name that everything that they are carrying, that they will have the ability and the strength through Christ to turn those things over to you. And as you carry them, that we see our lives will be fixed, restored, renewed. I pray today would be a blessed day in every life and in every circumstance. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen again. Praise God. Praise God. When we end our services with worship. They're going to sing